everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Cafe Booleans. We are the Booleans. I'm Susanna Emery. I'm here with Costa, John and Alex. Uh, let's start off today uh, by going over to Alex to hear a little bit about staying motivated in 2022. Thank you, Susanna. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the cafe. Um, yeah, I figured, look, first episode back for 2022. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. Um, well, just stare at me, you know, it's cool. <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> Sorry, I was shoving my mouth full of these cafe treats. <laughs> Good. Cafe pretzels. Also, hey, um, Alex. Hello, hey, well. John. On hey. behalf of the audience. <laughs> um, yeah, so I figured, you know, start of the year, everyone's starting new projects, you're heading back to work, um, game jam coming up, all these kind of things. Um, all your friends starting New Year's resolutions and you go, uh, that's right, I'm in game development. We never finish what we start. It's really hard. John, tell me I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, should I tell the audience how much I'm pissing myself laughing right now? <laughs> Well, look, I mean, like, that's brutal, man. But, you know, it's true with these creative projects. It's really like they just they always go longer than you expect. And mm. so motivation is one of those big things that needs to be discussed in this industry. Yeah, well, truly. So, yeah, no. Nah, and then, I feel like, I did, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the safe space to say, like, you know, it's hard to stay motivated on a, on a project. Not saying stay motivated in general in the creative industry, but like stay motivated on a single project because then you want to start another game you want to start another like it's very hard to finish a project i've never finished a project like ever i always start something new or something like that um mm -hmm. um that being but it's it's grinding right you're leveling up for your next project it'll count yeah. yeah 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 that's that's true yeah yeah um so yeah i more just wanted to discuss like yeah like uh you know what you guys have come across tips tricks um, examples of staying motivated um, to help you get through certain things like accountability. What what started this basically was a friend of mine on social media. Um, he's keeping himself accountable for his goals. He he showed his progress from uh, last year, and basically he had a system set up. One, he was in a group of friends who kept each other accountable for you know their tasks. They check in every week. Um, but another thing is if they set a thing of if they don't meet their goals, whatever they're planning, um, you have to don't you set a an amount at the start, and then you have to donate that money to the charity. So, for example, mm. say you told yourself um, every day, "I'm going to spend thirty minutes," uh, you know, well, John, like thirty minutes a day, I'm going to make work on a piece of music, right? Mm. And you don't do it, right? So you you know that you take tally right and 14 days of this year you didn't work on music even though you told yourself that's the thing you set this at the start you told yourself uh i'm gonna do this for 30 minutes a and you don't do it you go okay well every day i don't do it i'm gonna donate ten dollars to ch a charity so yeah, by the why end are you attacking me right now this is <laughs> john make more music please <laughs> <laughs> or make less music actually <laughs> make less music yeah i'll just plug the uh album that's being released started uh, next uh, month actually so, I do hear so about you got this. nothing on me fairer better <laughs> <laughs> good well those uh well that, that's the thing is here's the, here's the part that i like is a bit odd about the charity thing right because i think it's a good incentive right because it means that you know someone's going to win out of this but 
in the event that you do make music every day, you're like, ha, huh, suck it, charity. I keep my <laughs> yeah, I, I always yeah, thought it was funny. It's like, well, if we win, negative, charity loses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, uh, the answer to that, I don't have. Maybe the three of us, or three of us, the four, three other of you and the four of us can <laughs> figure out how that works. You know, if it's like a, uh, if I manage to accomplish all my goals, then as a celebration, I will donate half of you know not, uh, like I'll, I'll still give like a hundred bucks or, or whatever this is this is a avenue it's it's not a guilt trip mm. kind of thing this is what works for him um mm. and the business he has i know that his company values are very um i'm gonna attempt this word philanthropic did i do all right yes that sounded sense. pretty nice yep. yeah. philanthropic. <laughs> thank you thank you it's very their company values are very philanthropic like you know yeah. they tell each other to help find someone every day not every day, once a week, you have to find a random person and help them in some way, like make them a coffee or talk to them or something they need help with. So that's, that's why with them, charity is important. So look, they're probably donating stuff on the side. So there's got to be a way around that where you don't just go, yeah, I accomplished all my goals. I think the thing, part of it is knowing that you probably will miss some days. So you are still going to, it's a way to hold yourself accountable. Anyway. That started all this thought off of like, okay, how do I keep myself accountable in the new year? Mm. Um, one thing I like, you know, the, have you guys heard of the Pomodoro technique? Yeah. Is that the 20 minutes on 20 minutes off or how does it work? Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I guess the time limit is kind of, I don't know. It's, it's something like 15 minutes on five minutes off or something like that. But, um, Susanna, you'll probably agree with me on this is like, if attention is like a tricky thing, I, I don't know how you go with it as well, but me, <laughs> I can't keep attention, right? Like I've, I've really bad attention problems. So the Pomodoro technique for me is a nightmare because if you say, all right, you get five minutes off, I will go, okay, I get half an hour off or 40 minutes off or something like that. You know, yeah. I won't, I don't, yeah. Oh, there but, you go. Uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> set the timer for 25 minutes and then take five minute breaks between them. Do that four times, and then on the fifth time, you take a fifteen to thirty minute break. Mm, interesting. It works for a lot of people. Like I think the majority yeah. of people it works for, because the idea is by taking those shorter breaks, you're more productive in the fifteen than if you just took a giant chunk of time off. But I can't be trusted, so that doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've tried every single one of those techniques that exist in the entirety of <laughs> mankind, and um. Uh, when I try something like the Pomodoro, I spend the whole time I'm supposed to be working going, how many minutes is it until <laughs> yeah. I can stop working? Oh, yeah. suddenly I need to have a cup of tea right now. Oh, suddenly <laughs> I need to do something else. And then I start doing the thing and then the, the timer goes off and I'm like, oh, I'm already like doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like the more, the more systems you put in place, the more stressed out you are thinking about totally. that system. You know? I, yeah. I find the th exact same thing when I use timers. I'm like, this is going to be loud and it's going to catch me off guard and I'm going to get scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've never, time bomb. that's the thing. I've never really found a technique that's worked. Um, I think about like when I studied, oh, excuse me. Um, when I studied the, um, the best thing I just had was like, I would do this thing of just trying to cram, you know, a year and a half deployment into a year or so. And so, you know, a two year deployment into like a year and a half or something like that. Um, or in uni, I, um, I dropped a subject in first semester. So I ended up picking f five subjects in the fifth, in five subjects in the second semester too, cause I didn't want to be the only one left behind. Um, and just Trello 
just a basic back to basics Trello board, mapped out all my weeks. This is what I got to do, knowing that keep myself accountable. Um, that worked. That that's the only thing that's ever worked is stripped back to basics, writing a list, but just uh, not not so much a list. It was just every week was mapped out. It said I had to work on this, had to work on this. And that's the only thing that's got me through it. But even then, it still wasn't a great solution because I fainted in my end of year presentation. Oh, wow. Which <laughs> those listening will remember this story, that, that story of me fainting. Um, and then when I did the same thing in TAFE, I stayed up for three days um, and then was hallucinating driving home. I oh, thought wow, there was man. a petrol station where there wasn't and, and all this. Like, it was bad. So Mirage. I've never found a technique that's worked for me. Um, <laughs> that's the closest I've gotten and it... It ended Staying up with up my body. Days is the closest you've got. Yeah. I, I, oh, man. I was we working. This episode short if I'm working, man. <laughs> I was working on a checkout at the time and I was just like holding myself up, just like freezing cold, but sweating at the same time. And so yeah, that's the thing. So that's the best technique I've found. And my body literally <laughs> shut down in both of those situations. So yeah, I have. It doesn't sound it. very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Ferrabetta technique. Yeah. That's the Ferrabetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the Pomodoro and the Ferrabetta. The best thing that I've tried, like the, the closest thing to working that I've tried is I read this um, book about uh, people with ADHD and it had this millionaire and he was like talking about how, you know, he, he kind of channels his ADHD and like um, people with ADHD, we have this thing called like hyperfocus where like if we really like something, we can just like go straight into it and like not leave and, you know, forget to like eat or or everything because you're like totally in this one thing and like he was trying to find a way to hack this so like he could mm. use it for things that weren't that like interesting to him um because when something's not interesting you're like completely just don't want to do it um and like I was trying all these strategies that are in that which is like trying to trick your body to hyper focus on something that's boring and it's things like having this set music that you mm. always listen to when you're hyper focusing and stuff like that so I use um Vivaldi's Four Seasons because that's supposed to be a good one mm. and like if I, I'm going to do something that's really boring but I have to really focus on it I'll play that and I'll play that like loud and I'll have a certain like everything set up in a certain way on my desk and um, everything's blocked and my phone is at the other side of the room and like mm. like this real set list of requirements yeah, to try right. and hack it, I guess. And it, it's probably been the most successful. It's not 100%, but it's probably the closest I've got. I have I have heard that technique of, of when you have something that's boring, doing something at the same time that is fun or interesting to you like you know listening to music that you enjoy while working out or something it's like motivating you to get past the the thing that you don't really want to do mm. yeah definitely john introducing me to the uh cisco hold music was the best thing ever. That, that's literally <laughs> oh, that piece damn. of music that you said Susanna. that helps you uh, that's me for the cisco hold music i will have that on loop for three hours and i'll get I was so good. i used to listen that's to that so at good. work for hours as well <laughs> uh, I, was, I was i was put on hold recently and that came up and i was like I know this music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, for our listeners, I don't think we've talked about it on the show. Uh, I won't tell the whole story right now, but um, it's worth looking up if you look up Cisco Hold Music Story. Um, and if you go listen to the podcast, This American Life, Ira Glass did a whole episode on it, I think, about how basically this is this mysterious music that was written by one guy in a basement and is now on half the phones across the world. And people love it and like, Stories about like cancer patients finding it, like is there one bliss in life and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Right. So, yeah, so go Crazy. look that up. Yeah, it's real yeah. thematic. It Actually, uh, we have a person in our waiting room who is a very experienced producer who would probably be great to talk about um, 
stay motivated in time management techniques yeah. as well. You, you mean the car park coming in? I mean the, <laughs> the, the front door of the cafe. I hear it swinging open. Hey, look, this cafe has a green room. It's got performers and things. It's got, it's got all sorts of – we're always building new rooms here. <laughs> Um, is, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, that's right. no. well, 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 we're trying to let them no, through the, the front door. Right <laughs> uh, one thing I'll add to this discussion is um, if there's anything that's helped me uh, with focus, and this goes for video game projects and everything as well, it is scope and focus. Mm. And basically, it's not easy and it takes a lot of practice forever, but I found just being willy, willing to work out your priorities and deciding what you're not doing Mm. to then leave what you are doing uh and i mean i'm the kind of person that's always getting excited about new ideas so i'm constantly being pulled in different directions and i'm having to actively fight my natural nature mm. to do it but i've i've found like the the reason i do music is basically because i wanted to do all of games and then just over the years i failed doing that myself several times and so i kind of bit by bit tried to work out all right which what bit specifically, if I can do it myself or more or less, uh, what, what would be the one area I want to focus on? And so eventually mm. I chose music. Uh, do you, does, does everyone find that something they battle with? Because I definitely resonate with that of like splitting your attention between too many different new things that you want to pursue. Like mm. you have an idea, you want to pursue it. And then everything, the, your entire um, productivity across all of it just drops because you just you take too much on. Yeah. It's definitely something I always find that I'm always trying to like reduce or like not do it as much as I yeah. set out to do. I, I don't think you're alone, Costa, because we see burnout is one of the biggest things in our current culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of it, that there's, there's not a lot of cultural push to kind of uh, restrict yourself. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. And even, I mean, I, dare I say the word commitment, uh, whether you look at it this way or not. How dare um, you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Commitment in this day and age. But no. <laughs> um, I don't, that's related to me is that uh, I find it, it's kind of forcing yourself to stick to the commitments you make. And again, like it's, it's very hard a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. but, but then I think for me, I've found over the years when I've, I've seen it work and I've seen like I stick to a project to the end and see e- even if it doesn't do fantastically like see that i can do it myself that's intrinsically motivating i find mm. and that i think for me reinforces that kind of uh that focus and that kind of uh, yeah restricting <laughs> your pursuits yeah i mean it would yeah. be good to hear yes those techniques you have because you do put out a lot of music like yeah i just used you an example at the start like it was like oh john you got to put out this stuff but like <laughs> you do you put out something recently you've you put out a whole album last year um you're good with the social posting and all that kind of stuff. Like oh, this is cool. clearly something you've worked on, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, cause this album that's going to be released first of February, I think it is. I'll just say that cause I actually haven't said it anywhere yet. So hey, there you go. Um, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, this one's called threads of the weave. It's, it's nice. uh, building on the sound worlds universe, whole lot of world, world building there, but yeah, I'll talk about it elsewhere. But anyway, um, this building is always cool. Yeah, ah, lots of fun. Uh, but this this is probably my fourth album that I've made, um, eight to twelve tracks. Um, my first one kind of 
I did probably five or six years ago or something. And I wouldn't call that well-managed. A lot of it was like smashed out over like uni holidays or something. <laughs> um, my second one was the first one that was like, I tried to really manage and I kind of failed <laughs> multiple times and had to eventually come back to it and put like a restriction on myself that like I had to get it done by the end of that year. And I put it out. And to be honest, I wasn't happy with it. And so I never actually properly released it. So you won't be able to find that anywhere. <laughs> um, and then my third one was last year, I think it was. And again, that was kind of throughout the year. And then, uh, sorry, that was two years ago. And then this fourth one, I was hoping to finish by the end of last year, but you know, life gets busy and stuff. So, uh, but again, it was just a thing I had to keep coming back to. I had like ups and downs, like, periods where I was super motivated, periods where I didn't want to do music at all. Um, mm. But I guess, again, it was like now I've seen this enough times to know that I can do it and knowing that helps to go, all right, I just got <laughs> to go back and then do it, find, find ways to make myself uh, more motivated, which for me, experimentation is a big thing, letting myself kind of play with music, try things out. Often I'll find something inspirational then I can take in a direction and use that. So, yeah. 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 There's a whole lot there, but yeah, that's the overview. Yeah. How long does it take you like to write one song or write one album? Like how much kind of hours is that, do you think? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it depends on the style of music and depends what I'm doing. Um, as an average, I'd say one track probably takes around 20 hours, uh, 20 to 20, 25 hours, but that'll probably be over one to two weeks depending on what time i've got available um and i mean probably not included in that is i mean the last track on this album i actually had an idea for what i wanted to convey and slogged at it for a good 10 to 15 hours and then it just wasn't working and i decided eventually that what i was trying to convey that actual idea i wasn't getting that excited about um, and I had heard another musician recently say, like, if you're not getting excited about it, don't expect your audience to. And so I kind of like left it for a bit and I, I found a new, uh, piece of software that kind of, I could explore it was just doing like an online course and learning that and then found out how to make like the dead mouse, uh, pluck. Cause I've been listening to a lot of dead mouse. And when I found out how to make that, I was like, oh man, this is so cool. All right, let's use that as a starting point. And then I kind of built the rest of the track around it. So. I feel like though um, that was, that musician who said that the um, if you don't get excited, don't expect other to others to. That, that's so uh, that could go either way because then you yeah. hear stories of musicians who um who think that when they get to the end of their album or or whatever, and then they like I want to can it, but it was like one conversation they had with someone goes, yeah, keep it. No, totally, and that's not hard and fast rule because I mean I know so many creators like world class creators who have put out like music or something else where it was like this off idea they just randomly tried and it became like a smash hit or whatever and then yeah. like whatever they're really passionate about didn't do as well so yeah um, it there's no hard and fast rule about that but the main thing i think is about for me setting boundaries and keeping that focus is a good way to kind of keep myself moving forwards mm. and there's all sorts of other things i've just kind of learned through hitting my head against a wall until I figure out a way forward. Yeah, so, right. Amelia, yeah. welcome to the cafe. 
Thanks. Sorry about the, the technical difficulties. I had uh, so many uh, interesting points to add, which I will not share with you now. <laughs> oh, you oh, oh, you've listened to this whole thing. Awesome. Well, that's why yeah, you're here. Of course I've been watching. <laughs> no, awesome. I just come for my appearance and then I leave. The green room's great. Thanks for the uh, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the floor's yours, Amelia. Welcome to the cafe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank did it, did no, anything, I, think, um, I mean, stick out that you wanted to comment on? It all sort of sticks out and, and looking at it from not a, just a management perspective, but respecting your own time and, and um, accepting limitations as, as human beings. I think that's one of one thing as game developers we don't do. Uh, we expect so much of ourselves and we expect it to be perfect. And we are so passionate about our craft, whether that be composing or design or art or, or narrative that um, any less is just not acceptable. And I, and I think that's just something we need to do personally. And, and once you are in that stage, life's transformational projects um, become fun to work on again. When it comes to staying focused, do what works for you. Everyone has their own process, their own methodology. And just because someone has this method where if you breathe for 30 seconds and you hold your breath for another minute, um, the, the project will get done faster. You know, it's, 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 it's too much. And adding that level of pressure for me personally is I can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, being micromanaged by yourself is the next level yeah. of, of torture. Right. Yeah. And I, I think Susanna hit the nail on the head. You're just counting down. When do I get a break now? Is it, is it me time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, so, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, that's all right. You go for it. I was say uh, you and um and John, I guess, was happening on the thing of that you really have to find what works for you. Basically, when someone says online yes. like the Pomodoro technique or the what a what technique, they're just saying here's what worked for me, and yeah. you should try it too. But really, like everyone should try everything, but try and find what works for them. Absolutely, and and working with Scrum as a as a project management framework means that there are ceremonies there for you to communicate with your team and interact with them and, and have that bonding and that transparency. But what happens in between and how you develop whatever it is you're developing is totally up to you. You're the subject matter expert. I'm not going to tell you how to design a game or how to compose a track or how to write a story. That has nothing to do with me. I'm there to, to give you the framework to achieve whatever goal you have for those two weeks. Um, and I think breaking it down into achievable amounts of work, if I think about the game that I want to build, see you in 10 years and please give me unlimited money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whereas, you know, if I think about it, in these two weeks I can get a budget together. In the next two weeks, um, because this is a passion project that I don't have full-time work, you know, dedicating work to work time to it, I know in the next two weeks I can maybe find a designer who might be interested and, you know, three months later I might have the ideal team. So it's, it's mm. just about accepting that reality. Yeah. That's a good one. I have a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he's got a, <clears throat> like a mantra that he uses. I find like everyone who goes through some kind of transformative experience comes out the other side with a mantra that they, they use. And um, his is just show up which I think um, oh. just show up. Uh, I won't name them because it, it might be a personal thing to them that they just shared with me, but it applies to everyone. I think, I think it's really good. It's just show up. It's like, 
it's at any level. It's uh, I, I think it's more, it stems from a, like an anxiety point of view, right? Like, you know, if you were worried about your actually making some art, just show up is today, just open Photoshop. If it worries you that much, just open it. And if you did that, then tomorrow you can, you know, set a background like color, that. you know, just show up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, That's nice. What is, yeah. what is your mantra? Susie? I haven't found one yet. Yeah. Was it stay Alex, up for three days? John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it I think, doesn't have to be good. <laughs> yeah. I think mine is totally that this too shall also pass. So like, yeah. whenever something yeah. sucks, you're just like, well, it's going to end eventually, right? So <laughs> we'll get back to it eventually. I love it. I feel like if we put all our mantras together, it's a it's a full cohesive <laughs> yeah. approach. It's a full management solution. <laughs> that is, that yeah. is actually actually mine because uh, when I was talking to one of my friends about this, and he said what was my mantra, I'm like, oh, I can't remember. And then he said his is this too shall pass. I was like, oh, that is mine. That's, I had that. That's not yours. <laughs> that, no, that that was that was always mine because I used to see it as like I'd always see it if I was in if I got in trouble for doing something. And I was like, oh, what's the worst thing that happens is uh, I go to jail. This will pass. Like, you get out eventually, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> oh worst gosh. case scenario. It was like, what could happen in the worst, worst, worst case scenario? It's like, well, maybe I'll get out. But <laughs> that, that oh, was it. That, maybe I'll get out. Maybe get out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing memory. with your days, Alex? Oh, like, I know. <laughs> I, when I, this is like uh, I lost the form uh, that my teacher gave me or something like yeah, that. End up in jail. <laughs> I, I was a lawyer. Oh, okay, okay. I, I do have a mantra and this is, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you say when someone's gone through a transformational process, after all mm. the years of, of game dev, I can finally say um, your version of perfect exists right now. And, and for those who are starting out and those who are veterans who are feeling they aren't where they're meant to be, um, you're doing the best that you can with with the tools that you have and and the skills that you've learned and developed, um, and that's perfect. And the ne the next phase of perfect is just something that you you get to iterate on. And I, I think that leads nicely in, into game jams and and expectations of oneself. Know what you want to get out of that game jam, and know that that's perfect. If you're you're a beginner and you want to give something a go, perfect. Um, if you want to build a vertical slice of a game that you'd like to pitch to, you know, a publisher afterwards, perfect. Um, but just, just keep that in mind, um, those expectations. You're perfect right now uh, and there's nothing that you, you need to change unless you want to. That's yeah. so good. That is 2022 yeah. energy. One thing I love about that is I think that hits on how, um, so a lot of us get into game dev because we've played games that inspired us or whatever. And uh you don't see the process that went into those games. You just kind of, this is probably yeah. one of the things I suspect contributes to people overworking in the industry is that you will play a game that's made by 50 people or 100 people, but it'll be a highly personal experience for you. Mm. So you go, yes, I want to make that. But it's like you couldn't physically do it because you're not 50 people and you don't have 100 years to do it kind of thing. So, yeah. um, so especially where you were talking about, Amelia, um, kind of treating <laughs> treating yourself well as well and staying healthy uh, yes. this is one of the things that i'm also and currently is uh, wrestling with is trying not to do too much music per day or whatever because i really want to be doing more but like i need to be living a life at the same time mm. and staying yeah. healthy and it's mm, yeah. it's um for some people that kind of self-control and patience comes naturally for me it doesn't but yeah 
it's always a work in progress but, i think but that awareness is is so powerful and the next part of that is the the action and, and the fact that you're doing that perfect mm. awesome mm. That's so yeah good. it's it's just it's all it's all it takes and what works for you um doesn't work for me i'm up at 5 a.m every day like a monster um, yeah there you go and <laughs> just to- okay I, I have to ask you amelia because i am trying yes. to do that at the moment i'm trying to get up at like 5 30 and i've been struggling like i i'm both a morning person and a night owl so i just don't get enough sleep <laughs> uh, but i'm tired during the day then, so, uh, do you, do you find you have to like go to bed early? Do you have to like force yourself to sleep or do you just survive on little sleep or how do you, how do you find that works? Uh, no, no, I, I get a decent amount of sleep. It's, it's more just, I, that's been my body clock for quite a while. I, I yeah. once upon a time um, decided that I would go for early morning walks and uh, it's become part of my routine. It's just mm. me time in the morning. So I'm up at mm. five. Uh, no one's around. I get to treat myself well and just have that silence, which I so long for um, in the mornings. And I, I take my dog with me now. So it's just part of my daily routine. And if you are doing it for a particular goal, it might be difficult to achieve because if you don't achieve that goal, it then makes waking up a negative experience mm. um, and puts a negative light on it. So if you do want to wake up early, um, it does start by you know, the, the science behind it. So sleep routine, going to bed earlier than normal, um, eating earlier, not having any stimulants and so on. And then your body will reset its circadian rhythm over time. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. but if you're doing it just purely because you're tired during the day, it's more just make a choice. You're either morning or you're night. One's not good. One's not bad. It's just a preference. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I'll brute force it until it works. <laughs> it, it seems like people are always doing it because they, you know, you get like you're up at night because you have that quiet, or you're up in the morning because you get that that, that silence that you're talking about. Yeah. It's just like yeah. time to yourself, time to recharge, time to, you know, do whatever you want, and it's you don't have those distractions there. Yeah, mm. and and in saying that, if I always ask the question why, so when my teams come to me and they say this is making me unhappy, awesome. Why? Why is the most important question you can ask yourself. Don't ask it to anyone else, but if it is for that silence, go for it. If it is to be more productive, go for it. If that's what you want, um, there's nothing else to that equation that really matters than, than your why. Um, so if you know, John, that you want to smash out music in the morning, go for it. Uh, and maybe for the first month, the music's not so great because you're a little bit sleepy, but progress yourself yeah it it doesn't have to be everything all at once Um, well that's that's the thing like i said so it's it's more i think i i want to do it because because i also work full-time during the day um so i'm doing this out of hours kind of thing and then uh i'm wanting to do like a certain amount of hours per day which may not be realistic and that's the bit i'm still working out here so um so yeah like i said it's 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 but why john why? <laughs> oh man, this feels like Dr. Phil now. Where's the couch from Cafe Boys? Have you committed to a project? Is there external pressures? Uh, do you know what uh, I mean? Why? Mostly internal. Why a certain amount yeah. of hours? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I want to feel like I'm getting enough time. Oh man, 
Yeah, how deep you, do you want to go here, Fabian? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, you, you've, you've, because, you've already answered your question, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there would be fears driving it and stuff like that. Run, <laughs> a lot of it comes to ro- running out of time for me, kind of thing. So I always, honestly, yeah. it's like a FOMO thing as well. So, but yeah, yeah, it's a lot yeah. driving. And, it. and that yeah. comes comes right back to what are your expectations of yourself? And mm. one, if they're not realistic, be kind. Be nice mm. to yourself. That mm. to demand so much, working full time and X amount of hours each day. That's two two working jobs. That's 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 not nice. Um, and you've got to be nice to yourself. So maybe it's X amount of hours on a on a on a Sunday, and you get to enjoy it as something you're passionate about, and then it builds naturally. Um, mm. But I think forcing ourselves to do X amount of hours on top of life. Uh, just creates a sadness. And when you're sad, productivity drops. Mm. So uh, a drop in happiness will precede a, a drop in productivity by at least two weeks. So if you're feeling down, you know, to ask why. That's the thing with, with this culture, isn't it, of, of like work, hustle, you know, you oh, almost yeah. you end up being a, a tyrant to yourself, setting, setting these things up so that you're almost always disappointed if you don't meet them because they're these impossible goals that you just can't reach. Costa and I yeah, always right. joke about those the <clears throat> the the bro culture around the hustle the like you know hustle. on Instagram extremely toxic. There's ah. this real toxic Instagram bro culture around like hustle bible and all this stuff, and like yeah. they just post these like unfounded, unattainable kind of things. Like th- they'll say stuff like um like they they, they they like. Promote, They'll be like, like you're you the know, only one you can 70, trust in this world. Seventy hour work weeks and these ridiculous, you know, things that and are just all, all the comments are from other people um, with those accounts with the pray emoji, like bro, important bro, <laughs> thanks bro, yeah. appreciate you, like all this stuff, like, and it's really so. Costa and I just always joke about it and send messages to each other, just being like, are you getting after it today and <laughs> stuff like that. Like it's just real toxic stuff, and you you compare yourself to those things. My, I, I, I strongly recommend like, don't get caught up in those because they, mm. they, they look mm. like they have good intentions on the surface. They make it seem as though they just want what's best for you and stuff like that. But it, it gets unattainable. It's, it's its own version yeah. of the. It's like perfection that you mm. can't possibly reach. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is because one of the problems yeah, though. Like I've, I've seen this at like uh, in a number of different industries. Um, and so it's not just the games industry, but like. Partly because of that hustle culture and, and partly because people will often do overtime in jobs they're passionate about. The problem is when <laughs> businesses then start relying on people doing like that overtime mm-hmm. um, yeah. and often they don't realize they're doing it. They just go, oh, cool. These people are happy to do it and we're keeping up with the work. So, you know, we'll take on more clients or whatever it is. Um, and then it's kind of built into the system by accident that people have to be doing overtime to then keep up with the work kind of thing. Mm. And then yeah. there can be this implicit culture. And I know we've talked about this, about certain game studios where it's not necessarily the higher ups are telling you, you need to be doing X amount of hours of overtime, but everyone, if everyone around you is doing it, then there's almost that implicit kind of uh, push for you. If you're not doing overtime, then you're letting everyone else down kind of thing. Mm. and yeah and yeah. like I've, I've seen this in education uh used to work at a school i've seen it in other industries it's yeah it's everywhere so it's one of those things i think especially in games we have to be like really conscious of to defend ourselves against because it's 
it's about finding the solutions to make kind of sustainable long-term studios where the people are happy and the people are healthy and that we can actually make quality games with quality, like healthy working hours and all that kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. the kind of solutions yeah. I think we're after. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody wants to like play a game or listen to a piece of music that destroyed the creator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like- it's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, I mean, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's that whole tortured artist trope as well, though. Yeah, that, that is. That there, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. and it's it's in Silicon Valley as well. I mean, I think I heard Elon Musk once just said, uh, well, if you work more hours, you get more done. And it's like, mm. where does that end? So it's like, yeah. it's everywhere. And you just, yeah. Like you said, Alex, it's, uh, I mean, it's in the it's, culture. It's you got to be so careful with it. Yeah. Yeah, but it, uh, it, it it is tough. That is the the ideal that we look for, and and doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It's not just relevant to game game development anymore. Um, our practices yeah. and and the value that game developers bring to you know other industries is it's permeated ways that we can't even think of. You know, user experience and and mm. interfaces and and adding gamification and and mm. joy into everyday products, digital um is huge and Mm. i think that it's it's everywhere now so that that culture um needs to be uh maintained by everyone not just management and if i ever found out that my teams um were working overtime and and encouraging that i i don't know i i think i'd be really sad just to Mm. know that we weren't respecting them and we weren't aware that Mm. that would really upset me um yeah yeah it's a yeah it's a just like it's another one of those things that add to the list of responsibilities of being in any kind of position where you're kind of you have a responsibility to human beings you know um same with making games right like you know if you make something that someone's going to play there's almost a bit of responsibility like we were talking about with um who was that list? Was it IG or someone that had the list of like accessibility, all this stuff, diversity. diversity. Yeah. It's these, th- those are the same things, right? It's responsibilities to other human beings that yeah. you just need to internalize that this is, this is part of it. You have to, have to do it. Crosses into ethics. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing that we don't think about is it's an ongoing responsibility. It's not, I've achieved it once in this digital medium here. Good, good on me. It's it's something that is forever. And mm. uh, I think one of one of the greatest books I read, um, Creativity Inc. by, uh, Inc. by Ed, Ed Catmull, who was a co-founder of Pixar. It, that book is all about that ongoing responsibility to the people who create the magic at, at Pixar. And they speak of yes, we had a success, but how do we continue that success by taking care of our people? It was mm. never of um, here's a dollar value that we have to reach. How do we mishmash everyone into this this team of X amount of hours and productivity? It was always how do we take care of them? Um, how do we retain that that diversity and that talent um, and that creativity? And that perspective is not something that a lot of leadership take because you know, they do have budgets to think about, but for those who can successfully do it, um, 
you know, how do I work with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of sustainable practices, we have a very uh, tense, in a good way, in the best of way, project coming up, don't we, Amelia? Well, everyone does. Uh, talking about sustainability, uh, in 48 hours, do not do to make a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Global Game Jam. <laughs> It oh is God. very exciting. I yeah. am so grateful to have the team that we have. Uh, Susanna and so many other people uh, are with me this year and I'm with them. It's nice to finally be back in South Australia for a game jam. It has been a very yeah. long time. I have missed you all dearly. And unfortunately, we can't bring this event to you in person, uh, but we are doing it online. And I still think that we can actually have quite a bit of fun. Um, yeah, it's it's coming up on the 28th. So Friday, the 28th of January is, is kickoff, uh, Friday at 5 PM. We have an event this coming Friday, uh, to form teams. So if you're thinking about jamming, you don't really know anyone in the scene or you do, and you want, you want to form a different team. Um, we'll be on discord, uh, this Friday starting at, is it five or six? My brain's sort of melting at the moment. I'm going to say five <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Susanna has been doing some amazing work, getting this discord channel to be something that is, uh, way above acceptable so i apologize for for the state it's in um there were some cool puns that i added uh that is my level of contribution <laughs> for, for, for our listeners so, who can't see yeah uh, susanna's blushing currently <laughs> <laughs> amelia added a pun several puns to the channel and the best one was uh are you looking for an engineer to complete your team look no further shout out here to find that engineer shout loud so they can engine hear you oh my god amelia the producer of puns <laughs> john get out oh you get out <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's tears. There's actual tears. Okay, cool. Uh, I will be delivering dad jokes all weekend. You're very welcome. <laughs> I, will, I will think of some good ones. Uh, no, it's it's been a phenomenal experience uh, since I think 2016 is is when I came in came onto the game dev scene in in Adelaide, and um, you have all been such a phenomenal group to organise this event for, and it has been a great honour of mine. Uh, and there's been a phenomenal team at UniSA. So Susanna, um, alongside uh, some other local developers, Torbs and Elle, who have taken over and delivered while I have been working in Victoria. So I just wanted to shout out to those three great people there. Um, it is definitely a thankless job. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you to all of you. Yeah. I hope people are home yeah. clapping. Awesome. Yeah. Just, pretend, just, just pretend a plane has landed and, and it's cool. Like, clap yeah. away. That's right. We, we uh, can put in a crowd cheering from the cafe in post production. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, put in laugh tracks for me as well while you're there. Um, yeah, sure. Do you want the same laugh track every single time? We can yeah. do that. Sure. Sure. Let's save on costs, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so this year it's going to be all online all on discord uh we're putting the, together the schedule now so i've actually uh just uh onboarded one more um volunteer organizer so christo is going to be joining us he's jammed 
at a few uh, Global Game Jams quite a few years ago. So it would be quite exciting to have um, another person on board. But we're looking at a full schedule. So don't think that just because it's on Discord, we're going to sort of set and forget. Uh, there will be um, some cool interactive activities on, on Saturday evening just to take a break. We are going to have a fireside chat where jammers can ask questions um, from some seasoned dev or devs, I should say, depending on, on who we get to sign up. Uh, we'll have more team forming on on the Friday as well. So for, so for those who can't make this Friday evening, there'll be another opportunity to form teams. Um, and we'll continue to do breakout rooms as well and send out reminders. So for those who do want to keep in touch, uh, we will be there uh, pretty much from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. each day. And I know there are a lot of questions about showcase. I can't answer them today. Uh, we'll see what happens with covid uh, across South Australia, uh, but there are lots of uh, local uh, partners and sponsors who are so keen to back the industry here. So hopefully we can deliver something in person maybe at the end of February. Yeah. Cool. Will my, 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 my like one question, will there be t-shirts? No. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can make okay. an NFT T-shirt. Huh? Maybe Costa can make us an NFT T-shirt. All right, Alex, we're gonna punch the now. shit out of that shirt. We're gonna, make some, we're gonna make some pixel shirts. Does, wait, does that mean Costa? Do you send us the JPEG of the shirt, or is it a T-shirt that no, says NFT to, on it? No, yeah, please, please don't download it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, please is it joint ownership of this NFT? Does yeah, every jammer get one. like a percentage? What is, how does this one, work? We'll do one T-shirt and everyone owns it. Hey, look. This is how we bring income to South Australia. Yeah. <laughs> this will fund the okay. whole industry off of NFTs. Let's do uh, it. I'll, I'll put it out there. If uh, I don't know how many people we've got listening because uh, I don't know how this platform works. Oh, uh, it's a lot. It's uh, it's millions. <laughs> millions. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So all of Australia is in. I will put out a challenge. My, my company will get T-shirts made if we have 100 jammers. Hundred jammers. Ooh, we have a hundred jammers registered on the Adelaide Global Game Jam official site. So not the Discord, not the Facebook group, but the official site where you upload your games. If we have a hundred, and I'll know if you're not assigned to a team, I will moderate the members. <laughs> so Alex, do not create thirty different accounts. I will know it's no, it's not real. Um, I Alex one, Alex two, Alex three. <laughs> My company will sponsor this, okay? So only if there's a hundred, all right. So if you don't reach that mark, oh. incidentally, Ooh. I have a cousin called Alex. There are two Alex Ferrovetas <laughs> out there. I will get him involved. <laughs> now, in saying this, there are ways to make this happen. So. Do you have someone who potentially has never dev before but has, you know, some artistic skill set? Maybe they can create some some assets for you. Not everyone who there's this assumption about game jams that you have to be a fully seasoned developer to contribute. And that is not how this works at all. There is no more hero work. It's 2022. We work as a team and we all make it happen together. So if you have a team with you've got 10 artists, that doesn't make you any less competent or any better than any other team. That is just what you need to get the work done. So be okay with having lots of people or having a little amount of people. Um, just get as many people involved as you can and really start to spread the word about how 
incredibly talented and dedicated dedicated and passionate our industry is um, we've been a little bit quiet for a while uh and it's it's time to to start making some noise yeah oh my god oh my yeah. god i'm so excited i'm pumped so who, yeah. who, who yeah. is your, you mentioned your company who's your company is that is that so my company my company is actually closed um however oh. it'll more just be yours truly because i've missed you all <laughs> so dearly oh. uh and and if if we're in a good spot i'd love to be able to hand out these t-shirts to the devs at showcase i think that would be a nice nice way to just say well yeah. done um so let's have a think about it 100 is is the benchmark again go. i will be moderating the, these <laughs> accounts people. look i know we've got more than 100 people in adelaide game industry <laughs> it can happen. yeah it can we've, definitely we've got 100 now with me we've got 101 um <laughs> <laughs> no i said 100 no shirts for anyone <laughs> yeah, that's right exactly. <laughs> Places without oh, going yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go over. It's hundred yeah. exactly. No one, no one. Sorry, Alex. Tell your cousin he can't. We're going to run out of internet. <laughs> no, over is great. So hundred or over. My God, did I just commit to a really expensive thing? I think I did. Cool. That's fine. Uh, but that is that is a promise uh, I'm willing to make. And if that's your motivation, or if that gives you discipline, based on our, our theme for this uh, this discussion, then then let's let's do it. Oh my that's god! Your Sorry, why, oh. uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. That's my what? That's your why. That's your why. Your why. My why. Yeah. What why? Yeah. Yeah. Get, you get a t-shirt. What why? Oh, you're oh, doing why. You're doing oh, right. Why? Also, you make a game. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, honestly, so I I did Game Jam two three years ago, and I still wear yeah. the shirt from it to this day, and it oh, was yeah. so comfortable as well. So mm. I'm not oh, wait, saying you which, have to splurge which... on super. Uh, this was the one that uh, CDW did back in 2019 oh. or 2020. I can't remember. That, that won't 2020. <laughs> yeah, I have the one from yours, though, from 2018 with two lives left logo. Yeah, yeah you, uh, you did an AIE. What, what color shirt? Is it it's gray? gray? Yeah, yeah, the gray mall. What do you call it? Mall or whatever? I don't, have a, I don't have a gray one. You don't have the gray one. I remember it was you. That's oh, where I, I met you. you. I got cheese toasty stain on mine and it never oh, came out. Oh, no. Well, that just adds to it. Like, I, I, would, I would totally rock that. I'd call it so, patina and say it was, like, you know, legit. That's good. This is, like, battle scars from, like, the game the, the game jam. Yeah. You know, be covered in yeah. Cheeto crumbs and, and yeah, my mum, My mum, right, she's an antique dealer and she gets all these, like, things in and sometimes they're all, like, disgusting and diseased. And I'm like, mum, that's, like, gross. And she's like, we call it patina. And she says it's, like... <laughs> It just proves that it's old, like proves that it's authentic. So mm. in their industry, like in the antiques industry, it's like if it's too clean, people go, is that real? But like if it has this ick on it or whatever, it's like got value. And I was like, that's so cool. So like now when my stuff gets gross, I'm like, it's patina. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. My what mom's like, go shower. And I'm like, it's patina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so T-shirts. T-shirts, if we're 100 and over, I think we can reach it. What do you guys think? I think yeah. so. That's oh, like definitely. one in eight of the yeah. Discord. It's definitely possible. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. We've yeah. definitely had so, more than 100 people in jams in the past. So. Well, we definitely have. And I, my heart broke a little when, you know, Omicron started spreading across South Australia because what uh, we had organised, I, you know, we had a... We have uh, trainers, personal trainers coming in to do boxing sessions on Saturday morning. This is what we organised to have at UniSA. UniSA, um, while still our educational partner, um, they 
put their hand up straight away to sponsor a phenomenal venue right in the heart of the city, mm. um, which is absolutely amazing. And to have us there for 48 hours nonstop, um, the generosity of the university, I, I can't praise them enough. So I look forward to hopefully uh, bringing that to life with Susanna UniSA and, and all the other partners maybe later in the year. Uh, it's definitely mm. not something we want to be forgotten um, and all the work's been put in. So we look forward to hopefully seeing you in person. Yes, I'll have mattresses. Yes, there will be places <laughs> to sleep. Um, yes, there will be pizza on, on Friday night. No, it will not be Domino's. Yes. You are very welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll do our I best swear to, I'm the to... only person who likes Domino's. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It's oh, the best. Shush, like... <laughs> you're ruining our sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Proudly uh, I mean, sponsored I mean, by I mean, Domino's Australia. <laughs> no, we want to get sponsored by me goring like that uh, eSports <laughs> high school. Oh, yeah, eSports high school. <laughs> That's the gold yeah, standard for sponsorship. Every, everyone start mentioning the brands now that you want to be sponsored by so we can yeah, start that, right. <laughs> that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, ben and Jerry's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, does it have to be just food? Can we, can we diverge our sponsorship? Like, um, like I'd really... Apple? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I like where you're going with that. That's, that's yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if we could go Oprah style and everyone looked under their chairs and got a new car, I'd be down yeah. for that. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as long as it's not bees. <laughs> how many signups do we need for that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, when you when you said that, my first my mind was just like, how do you fit a car under a chair? <laughs> <laughs> I obviously haven't watched enough Oprah. <laughs> it's just like one so of those matchbox yeah, cars. Just a mini <laughs> There was this, uh, she does uh, my fate. Well, she used to obviously on that Oprah show. I'm showing my age here. Uh, have uh, an episode called Oprah's Favorite Things, and she would give her favorite things to everyone in the audience. Mm. And one year it was cars, and I think there was some some horrible tax implications. Mm. So when you're gifted something in the US, you still have to pay the tax on it mm. to receive. Oh the no gift. way. So majority of the audience members could not afford it, could, could not afford the, the tax on a $100,000 Mercedes or whatever the ridiculous cost was. So no one received the car. So Oprah loopholed her way out of that one. Uh, wow. <laughs> Do you know what happened yeah. to the cars? Did, did Oprah just end up with 100 Mercedes? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know YouTubers have that problem. They, um like, you know, oh. like, uh, you, you know, all the big YouTubers, they'll have a video that's like, I just gifted a hundred cars to homeless people or something like that. It's the same thing. Like oh. you'd figure by now they've gone, all right, and we'll pay the tax. Why, why doesn't mm. Oprah just do that? Mm. I'll pay the tax as well. Like, so we can get out of giving cars. Yeah, but it's like a yeah. burp in a hurricane, like that $10,000 yeah. tax on a hundred thousand dollar car. What about like Being when they give rich. cash, like, like no, they're still taxed on that. Really? It's Mr. Wow. Beast. He's this oh, guy that just gives away a bunch of cash YouTuber, yeah. on YouTube. Gives, gives yeah. stuff away. But he said Mr. Bean. He's oh, like, so yeah, that's what I heard too. <laughs> yeah, that's how he kind of got is famous it? on YouTube. Is he? I don't know how he got the money in the first place, but he just he started off with like challenges where it's like him and his friends and they've all got their hand on a Lamborghini and it's like last person to take the hand off gets to keep the Lamborghini. And oh. him being rich enough to kind of do that stuff or however he did it, then got him the viewers to then get the money. He just reinvested it, continues to more, more and more <laughs> yeah, challenges. So it's just grown from there. So. so if it's a prize, so if there's a competition involved, it's 50%. Oh, my God. Wow. You have to pay 50% wow. of the tax. So 100,000 so of the prize. 
Is this the case with the t-shirts for the Game Jam, Amelia? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You're going to value these shirts (laughs) at like (laughs) $20,000. So, uh, I mean, you get a choice. Are we paying tax on the t-shirts? The the tax you pay is they're all crop tops. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. At least we'll be wearing the logo. No, (laughs) No. (laughs) it's 50%. So, I I have this uh, uh, addiction to watching American Survivor. And they don't win a million dollars. They win 500000 Oh, my God. Because yeah. it's there you go. So on The yeah. Bachelor, they only win half of the person. <laughs> I mean, do, do you ever win on The Bachelor? Is that a show yeah, where you win? Saying, yeah. Look, Australia wins, and that's the main <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like I The mean, Bachelor, Centaur edition. Yeah. Yeah. Centaur. Yeah. So who are the... Um, <laughs> Who else is bringing the uh, the game jam? Who are the other sponsors on the on the list? Oh, we we are lucky that it's online this year, but we um we have uh, Dr. Demo and um, Beer Labs on board, and I I rarely say this, but it was the nicest experience to have a sponsor reach out and say, "I can't wait to see what is created at this event," and. Uh, you have no idea how many industry partners are out there who are looking um, at game jams, at the work that you create, at the the games that are created there um, and want to hire you. So I want everyone to know that, you know, yeah, you get a T-shirt if we get to 100, uh, but what you get out of game jam is, is so much more. Um, yeah. And we, we you know, had Dr. Damo on the last episode. So oh, there you if, go. If, if, if you're listening uh, to this, go listen to the other one too. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. listen and, uh, to the other one. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he has phenomenal, um, not just life experience, but experience developing across so many domains. Um, so if you do see Dr. Damo at the event, um, which is you know, one of our sponsors, uh, do get in touch. He's always looking for uh, passionate individuals uh, to, to collaborate with. Um, so very, very lucky. And as I said, obviously the University of South Australia, uh, my company, which is close, so we'll just call it Amelia Company. <laughs> um, non-compete clauses. That's what happens when you get out of game dev. You, <laughs> you, you learn that, you know, you can't have it all, all at the same time. And I'm okay with that. So, yeah, yeah. So, so for, the, for the showcase, uh, I imagine we'll have uh, quite a few other sponsors there as well. Um, Initially, it was meant to be part of the Adelaide Fringe. I'm happy to share that it won't go ahead just due to coronavirus. So it might be uh, something we aim for in 2023. Um, But the idea is to start expanding outside of the game development industry and sharing Game Jam uh, games with all of South Australia. Yeah, right. So... It's, it's time that uh, the industry is recognised outside of that smaller circle and I think the Adelaide Fringe is one of the best ways that, that we can do that. So pending whatever restrictions and whatever, um, w- you know, direction we have from the government, if I can still make that happen, uh, we'll definitely go for it. So, Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Now, um, Amelia, I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but uh, part of what we do here is we go through different news articles um, relating to games news and stuff like that, and we kind of discuss them. So you're welcome to hang around if you want to join this discussion or come and go as you want. Let, let, let's see if I add value. We'll, we'll see how I go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no worries. So uh, I think Costa's the next one up. He's got yeah, an article mm. for us. As always. Uh, as always. So... 
This article comes from uh, Global Times. Uh, it's an article around, you know, we, we, we've been speaking about this metaverse stuff and like this NFT stuff. Um, but, uh, and, and actually, interestingly, we've been speaking a lot around uh, China's view on video games and how that has uh, changed and, you know, there's bans put in place and that sort of stuff. Um, this article is around China's Beidou uh, company launching a metaverse app as more firms join the race to this next big thing, as everyone's calling the metaverse. Um, So they officially took the wraps off its metaverse app, which was used to hold the company's annual developer conference as more Chinese tech firms join the global race for supremacy in the next big thing in technology. Um, So this Monday event uh, that occurred was seen as the culmination of recent moves by major local internet firms that hope to establish a foothold in this sort of cross between games and um, social experiences. So uh, this was a three day conference uh, and was available for attendance through an app uh, that enabled up to 100,000 online participants to get up close with 100 speakers globally. Um, and according to the company, it is the f- country's first metaverse conference. So it was a similar experience to uh, Facebook's uh, o- Oculus Quest. Uh, they have a Horizon Worlds, which is kind of like a game, gamified social experience um, for people to join on. Um, but yeah, what's everyone's thoughts on this? This is like a bit of a push into this and it's interesting because China has recently uh, put a ban on uh, online, I think it was online video games we spoke about the other one of the other episodes. So, yeah. yeah sorry, don't know if I missed it. Is Baidu, are they the search company or are they the social media company? Does it say that? Baidu is, I believe, the... Uh, they yeah, do a I lot of things, is, I apparently. Think is, I think they do a lot of things. They do a lot of things, definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're a pretty big player in the world there. Yeah. yeah. They got TV. I, I they got think from memory, things. I might be getting this wrong, but I think a while ago they were kind of like the equivalent to Google in China. So, but they probably do a lot of things now. So, yeah. So this is like an online conference that they held, but like what made it metaverse? Is it just that it's in VR and... Just but it says you can do it without a headset. So yeah, it's just kind of like an online conference, like a hundred thousand, up to a hundred thousand concurrent participants to join into this like sort of shared virtual space. You I'm know, still in that thing where I don't get what the metaverse is. Like even though I, we keep talking about it, and you know what? To, and to be honest, and this is the thing: like these, this is what these companies are calling the metaverse. You know, it's these shared social experiences but it's no different to say Fortnite, or it's no different to um roblox or anything like that where you've already got you know um concurrent this kind of space or like last uh, in 2020 i presented at a conference in france and they built a whole virtual world for us to present in so we made an avatar and we went inside our virtual booth and we presented and i just i don't see how that's different like it's yeah How how was your experience with that, Susanna, being a presenter in a metaverse booth? Um, I liked it. It was cool. It was fun. It was kind of like Second Life. It felt like Second Life, which is like, if anyone remembers, it's like really old kind of, you know, virtual world. I guess metaverse, I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, it was kind of like you you felt because, because COVID, like academic conferences are a lot about kind of going and walking around and saying hello to people and getting a coffee and 
it, it kind of felt more like that than like mm. when you just log on to a Zoom and you give your talk and then you kind of like the Zoom ends and it's like black and you're out of there. <laughs> like, <laughs> just get kicked out. Yeah, and you're like, okay, I guess that's over. Yeah. This was like kind of, you know, you, you walked off from your booth after your talk and you went to see someone else's and it kind of felt a bit more like the in-person experience, but you could also bail when you were ready. But yeah, I guess like yeah. this kind of thing, like again, like like Costa was saying with like Roblox and things like that, this kind of thing, I feel like it's been around for ages, but now suddenly it's like, let's tag it metaverse and people are interested. Like, mm. <laughs> And there's just millions of dollars being poured into it just because they're using the term metaverse. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know how they're, um, I know we're going, it's, this is going off topic, but just a thought, you know how there's also talk, the, what do you call it? Digital real estate. They're all trying to sell mm. now. Like, oh, you can mm. own a piece of. That's yeah. a, that feels like the most expensive cubby house when you run away from home. Like you <laughs> think you're independent. You got all this control. Really, you need the outside. It's like you stop breathing the second you go into this. Like, what am I missing in this whole thing? Like, where is that Snoop Dogg paying four hundred fifty thousand USD for this plot of land in? virtual world it just feels like when a kid says i'm running away from home like you're like i have all this freedom i'm gonna go live in the cubby house or the tool shed out back right and you think yeah i can survive you know i i can do whatever i can live off the like what am i missing here like you still have to breathe i wear this headset and i still get hungry i have to go to the bathroom i have to what is this what am i missing in this metaverse thing that everyone's like it's it's, everyone's going to be in it it's a bubble no, right now. <laughs> I, I was actually reading an article today um, and not that I think it says the whole story, but it was kind of anti-metaverse, anti a lot of this stuff, uh, kind of saying that when people tout the words metaverse and where it started from, I think it was the novel Snow Crash, um, or they talk about the Matrix, they're often missing the actual point of those original yeah. stories, <laughs> which was yeah. let's not mm. do that or let's be really careful when let's we do not. that. Yeah. <laughs> So, and look, I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom. I, I think it can offer a lot, um, but totally, we're, we're definitely not at the point where you can forget about reality and just, you know, let everything decay around us kind of thing or yeah. whatever. <laughs> so. Well, it, it's, it's funny you say that because there was this discussion um, on Facebook. I'm not calling it meta. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> no, that's right. The product is still Facebook. The company is meta. Oh, okay. You're fine. My apologies. Um, <laughs> their, their, their branding and marketing team clearly got that mixed up when they made the announcement, so that's not <laughs> oh, on me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people were discussing virtual rea- reality and augmented reality, and, and everyone was saying, what, what comes next? What's better than, than you know, mm. XR? And I just said, well, reality. Right? There is is no substitute and I think this is why it will fail. And Mm. and I'm going to be that that old person in 20 years be like, ha-ha, look what she said, she was wrong. Um, (laughs) uh, I think it will fail for me and I'll make that personal statement. There is Mm. nothing that comes close to sitting with my team and being there um, and hearing their voice and seeing their their expressions. I can't think of any anything that would come close to to replacing that, and mm-hmm. that human connection. Um, at least I think in my time we won't be able to simulate that um, or replicate it on any platform meaningfully. Um, that I would let everything around me decay. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's right, and I think like where these technologies have flourished is not as a 
a uh, not as a replacement for the real world, but for kind of a bridging tool for when we can't get the real world kind of thing. So, I mean, I've I've been in a long distance relationship before where if Skype didn't exist at the time, that relationship wouldn't have even happened. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. like you know, you can now do like watch parties on Amazon uh, Prime Video, I think. So where it syncs up all the the movie for everyone watching, um, and especially with COVID and everything, you know, how much has kind of technologically flourished because we've had to use it just to mm-hmm. keep in contact. But there is definitely that danger, I agree with you, where you go, all right, this is the replacement for real life. Um, mm, but yeah. there's always there's always been a purpose, for, you know, like you mentioned, there's always been a pur- purpose for it. So even like when you play a video game, like a, an MMO, you know what I mean? Like you're there for, you know, to escape. You're there playing a game, you're there doing something. It's not this like generic metaverse sort of unknown virtual world <laughs> where anything is possible like them saying anything is possible is just them not finding a use case for it yet you know yeah it's like the 90s when they're you, like you, yeah they call it the internet yeah the internet <laughs> right? and it's like the the the, the super the highway world of tomorrow yeah no <laughs> yeah. back then they called it the world wide web yeah <laughs> so may, maybe the metaverse name will disappear who knows <laughs> yeah. i think i think you've said the use case costa um escape yeah, yeah. escape that's right yeah, yeah. That's it. And but you know what I mean? Like, escape is different to everyone in, in, in any... Exactly. Any, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that raises a really good question about video games in general though. Like, and different video games, I guess, have different purposes. You know, some want to give you just a fun experience. Some want to give you a social experience and some want to uh, give you an emotional experience or whatever. Um, I guess this is the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it's like, you know, there's still a market for pixel art games and yeah. like you know that whole that style of game and that just won't work in vr like the idea of like pixel art style will work in vr but the idea of i want to play a top-down pokemon game or i want to play like that cute little style thing like how would that work in vr it would just be you holding another version of that console so it's still yeah it's specific to it i was talking to um, one of my mates yeah. about this last night about this feels like our f- first big test like of our generation like the the 20s to 30s kind of thing of all right are you now at that point where you're going to start getting left behind like and he he brought up how one of his friends parents bought into optus when they started here and no one was buying into it because they were like who needs mobile phones like you got a house phone you know and that was like their version it's a smaller scale but it feels like it's our version of that of do we keep up with it and it's it's easy to see in hindsight right to go oh why wouldn't you invest in mobile phones why wouldn't you invest in the internet but when the internet was introduced it was all these different things right where and that's why there was that dot-com bubble because people over promised on what it could be and it's the same thing with the metaverse right they're, they're just they're comparing it to things we already know but what we've what will be good about the metaverse we don't even know exists yet it's taking that leap on it i guess like is this the thing that was going to leave us behind or is this going to be another uh what was that iphone app that just came out and is now like non-existent anymore um which one clubhouse oh, clubhouse. clubhouse is going to be the next big thing and now it's just like it's like well, twitter twitter, it, twitter, it, and then twitter is now building their own and everyone's building their yeah own well that's true but see that's one of the things though where you know that came out as a really good idea and whether that original one 
fails or not, that idea is probably mm. going to evolve. Mm. Yeah. Instagram. yeah, the idea is what's taken Stays, off or what's yeah, built right. on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I but, can um, see applications that that it does have that, you know, maybe you can't travel so you can immerse yourself into somewhere that you'll never get to go. Mm. Um, there's things like that and I can see the influencer perspective as well, Um, you know, when it's normalised about having this 360 recording equipment with you. Maybe influencers don't just take photos, they, you know, have 360 footage where you, you live as them. Don't mm. give anyone this idea, man. Don't do well, this. Facebook already came out with them. The sunglasses. There's, there's, there's that technology's been out for a, a long time already, yeah. though. Have 360 cameras. Uh, as as normalised for on... influencers, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no see, that's, that's it. And, like, yeah. I've watched YouTube videos that are 360, um, and they're really cool, but there is something about the, the, the ease of use of watching a video, and I think you also have to take into consideration that, like, if we're looking at videos, like film as an art form has been around for, you know, 110 years plus now. And so even though we would call it limited, we've worked out how to make it really good for what it is. Mm. Um, and I think this is kind of the same thing for Alex, you're talking about pixel art. Um, you know, there's a huge boom in it. I, I think part of it is, you know, during the 90s and 80s, people were forced to do pixel art. So they worked out how to do it really well. Really well. And, mm. and so it's almost like, now that we've expanded the boundaries, yes, you can do more, but with that kind of expanded boundaries, it's harder to do something really cool. <laughs> uh, that's not just a novelty gimmick kind of thing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing because there's, there's a whole art style to how they did it. That's another thing I was talking to a friend about, about PS1 style graphics, right? Mm. And it's like it's not enough just to want mm. low poly graphics. Like if you rig all the fingers... You then go, okay, well, why didn't they do it? They didn't have the computational power to do it. So if you make a PS1 style character that has always rigged fingers, you've created an alternate realities mm. PS1 where they had the computational power to know that all these <laughs> sockets exist in 3D space, but decided yeah. not to use that to make the world look better. You know, it still looks like shit, basically. When you yeah. when you yeah. pick that art style, yeah. it has its own limitations. It has its boundaries of what it is that, you know, if you want to stay true to that art form, it, it sort of sticks within, you know, like you mentioned, like you're not going to have, you yeah. know, certain advanced features in it. Mm. The technology so, of that yeah. controls that limitation, yeah. And that's like that thing with them, um, like the Space Invaders, like when they made it on arcade machines, like they didn't have the technology to add the colour so they added like an overlay on the screen yeah. of the, the different colors. And like yeah. that then opened up people going, oh, maybe we can put color in games. And then they researched and did that. So that tech limitation that furthers things, doesn't it? And then mm. it becomes the next thing. So that's why you can't go back. And if you go mm. back, it looks like the other thing. That's why it's a style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Costa, what do you make of, the, of China getting it? Well, I mean, I think it's it's just interesting to see that there's just so much uh, money and effort pouring into this and it's being celebrated, but it's something that already exists elsewhere. Um, and even just looking at the article, even Alibaba in China is also like creating a new unit just focusing on metaverse gaming. Mm. So there is a huge uh, shift towards this. And, and like you've mentioned, Alex, like when there's a huge wave like this, it'll probably there'll probably be some sort of crash at some point mm. and then you know you see i think what you see is like 
the real use cases come through after that crash. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all this other stuff is just like speculation and kind of trying to find something in this space. And that, then that's what, that's what it is when you, when you've got these new leaps in, in yeah. technology. Imagine, I mean, I think like, I think about my dad aging and, and capturing his, his essence and his memory, very black mirror esque. Um, mm. I'd be down for the metaverse for that, just yep. to have that memory forever. Yeah. And I think about everyone who's lost someone uh, during this pandemic and if they could have preserved that, that memory. Um, I mm. think that's the emotional connection. Mm. Um, so not so much to connect to who's already there, but connect to those who have gone. Um, that's how you get me right now. I'm yeah. not in the market. I'm out. Yeah. Amelia's not <laughs> that raises a really good point. Like, does, is that yeah. something that then people, we're not maybe at this stage, but soon at the stage where, you know, if you're writing a will, you have to put something in there where you say, I consent to be recreated in the metaverse or people have done whatever that. technology we're doing. Robin Just so, Williams, I think, so um, people can't dispute it. Really? Robin Williams had something written into his will where you couldn't recreate a holographic version or 3D version of him for 50 years or something like that. For 50 years. Some some limitation yeah, on on recreating him digitally because that's something that's happening now. Like Roy Orbison, mm. they did a you know a holographic recreation oh, wow. of Tupac. And, you know, all these musicians yeah. that have died, they've brought them back in, in one way or but another. But Tupac's so. still alive. I mean, what? You heard it here first, like conspiracy bullies, guys. <laughs> Yeah, he's making you Global Game Jam t-shirts if you were I hope these think... t-shirts have a giant picture of Tupac on now. The thing you touched on, Amelia. I'm sorry, that's too good. <laughs> the thing you touched on around emotion, I think that's, that's yeah. key to this. Um, and, and I've seen it like you give, like I've, I've uh, done a lot where like I've done a lot with older people, you know, getting them involved in video games and in VR. And every time I've put on a VR headset on an older person and shown them like a video of, you know, where they grew up, that that immersion that VR has with that and the reaction that they get out of that, it's that's that connection. You know what I mean? It's it, for, for this to a location or to a memory, but that kind of connection, it it makes a technology like that just. It, People of, of an age that wouldn't even understand what that technology is or how it works, they, they just get it immediately and they, they see the value in it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah you're that, right. That, that resonates with, with everyone, doesn't it, to a, yeah. to, to such a deep level. Um, yeah. Can someone make this? I miss my, my old dog. Um, Aww. <laughs> you, know, uh, you can all cry now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. send, send Alex a picture and Alex, do you want to do a pixel dog in the episode? <laughs> it's a respectful. Oh. Do you want a pixel dog in the episode, Amelia? You, yeah. you know what? You you do whatever works as long as there's pixel two pack as well. Oh my God. In the we may get in some kind of trouble for that one, Amelia, but, but you can give us the consent for the dog if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, it, uh, isn't it if they're deceased, you can use their, is that how it Not works? Robin Williams. Apparently not Robin Williams. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, feel like Tupac would get a lot of angry listeners as well. <laughs> He's going to phone in tomorrow. He's going to be so yeah, right. <laughs> You're yeah, not getting your t-shirts now. It's been decided. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, what a harsh yeah. way to close. Um, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it here. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I um, Hopefully we can do something Global Game Jam related down the line. I think that would be very, very cool. Well, Ooh. next next episode we're going to have, it's going to be based around game jams, like past experiences and stuff. So we're going to have people on who, you know, like Kathy, who's always at a game. Well, this is news to you, Kathy. I haven't actually asked you yet. <laughs> She, she listens to all the episodes, so she'll she'll be listening. Um, but I want to get Kathy on. I want to get uh, just <laughs> Alex. Just cool. mention everyone else now. Just just run your list. Oh, and, Grant Kirkhope, you know, he's going to be on. Alex is going to mention the hundred people that are going to sign up to. The oh game yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean, I heard him. He, he'll be on. Uh, you know who else? Uh, Pierce Brosnan. I think he's dropping in to say hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. Worst, <laughs> worst James Bond ever. Oh, no, oh, you know what? Thanks no, for stopping no. by, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> this has been great. Thanks. It's been real lovely having you, Amelia. Real lovely. <laughs> I don't know if I want this shirt. Wow. <laughs> uh, all I heard was Alex doesn't want a shirt. Have a wonderful no, evening I'm sorry, and goodbye. Know, that's awesome. Thank you very much for joining us, Amelia. It's been a real See pleasure. Ya. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. But, um,. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan wasn't that bad. Nah, he <laughs> actually not seen George Lazenby? Mr. <laughs> don't call us, bad. we'll call you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Uh, Alex, did you want to finish off what you were saying about the next episode? Uh, yeah, I was promising a whole bunch of people. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Next episode, you know, we'll have, um, it'll be the game jam focus one about, you know, stories, advice, tips, um, tricks for completing a game jam, just being part of a game jam um yeah look forward to that and this is in the future skip forward to the next episode after this one of course because <laughs> we got all these famous people coming yeah man Piss we problem. get al jolson <laughs> al jolson we'll do. we will do soon. <laughs> that's our why for the show Wait, did i miss something what is this why let she, me send oh, you a video Amelia by Simon Sinek. You oh, have to know your why. Why? <laughs> she said <laughs> that, and then you guys said that straight away, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what? Man, why? Have what you, you never watched a TED talk before? Yeah. I, I've Simon watched TEDx. Sinek. Simon, was it Simon Sinek? Yeah, Simon Sinek. Uh, you go back to his first uh, TED uh, video circles. that kind of got him real famous. Concentric. Yeah, it, it talks about how companies and people should know their why, their reason for doing mm. things, as the core of what they're doing, and then. You use that in marketing or whatever to really connect with your audience. But it's meant to work on a personal level as well. And there you go. Know your why, Alex. Oh, I never saw You know that. this? I have a funny story about why. Okay. When I was, when I was like uh, in high school and I was thinking about going to uni, my school took us to a, like all these sessions at different unis, like where you could go and see one of the lecturers talking about the topic to see if you wanted to to study it and there was a guy doing philosophy and I was like yeah, I don't really know what philosophy is sure I'll go I'll go to that lecture and find out what it is you know I go to the lecture we all sit down it's like you know dark lecture theater the stage is lit we wait it's like 10-15 minutes and like into the time it's supposed to start nothing's happening and I'm like what's happening is the guy just trying to build hype like what's the deal so I just sit there waiting <laughs> a few minutes later like single figure cut starts coming out of stage right and everyone's like captivated, like, who is this? What's going to happen? Because like, we've all been waiting 15 minutes now. We're all, yeah, fully engrossed. This old guy walks to the middle of the stage. He picks up the mic and he looks at everyone and he says, why? Philosophy is why. 
And no kidding, he put the mic down, he walked off. Oh, my God. And that was the end of the lecture? That was, a- that was oh, wow. an introduction you, to philosophy. Do you know if it was actually the lecturer or was it just some kid just got up there and pretended to be the <laughs> Some <lecturer>? old kid. <laughs> yeah, so, some, yeah. some mature age kid. Leonard from know, the community. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he looked oh. like a lecturer, but I don't know. Like, You know what, though? You're telling us the story question. now. So, like... It worked. It, who else goes onto mm. a podcast and talks about their first philosophy lecture? So, uh, certainly did that something, dude, didn't That it? dude knew what he was doing. There was an episode in Community <laughs> yeah. about that, the whole <laughs> seize the day thing, like talking about how, I don't know if he was teaching philosophy, it was something like that, but his class was just, he was like, you know, throw seize your textbooks yeah, out the window. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that show was so good. So good. Mm. Philosophy, yeah. no. Philosophy. Why? 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 So, uh, we've got to connect this to our next article, which is Susanna. Why? Why do we have to? Why, why <laughs> is Steam so popular, Susanna? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is not, uh, you know, a big article, um, but I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was really interesting that uh, Steam reported that they passed 28 million current users, which is a new world record. So that means that there were 28 million people on Steam playing a game at the same time, um, wow. which I think is pretty amazing. Uh, and if you think about it, like, you know, uh, all of the all of the game stores, like Steam and Epic, they all announced huge increases in user base over the last couple of years. And I guess I wondered, like, what you guys thought of that. Do you think it's, like, because of COVID and people playing more, or do you think that... There's other reasons that our industry is kind of Steam sales, so I reckon. <laughs> yeah. We've just, just come out of Steam sales. <laughs> it's crazy that it's so many people and Steam is like, well, mostly popular on only computer, like Mac is Mac and Linux mm. aren't really like huge. But that's 28 million PC gamers playing at the same time. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's the population of Australia. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. All playing. And, do we know what games yeah. they were playing? Yeah, well, that's that's another thing that I wanted to say because, like, like I don't know about you, but like I don't use Steam all that much anymore. No. I like I mostly use the Epic Launcher, and I think it's because they gave away all the free games that that kind of like pushed mm. me into it. But the Steam, the Steam thing, it's mostly Steam, like people playing like those really big Valve games. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like, you got the list there. Uh no. <laughs> so we got number yeah. one was. Counter-Strike Global Offensive. There you go. Yeah. I'm just wondering, am I looking at today? I'm not sure if I'm looking at today or that day, but Counter-Strike Global Offensive peak was 881,000 people playing at the same time. Wow. Ooh. Like, just imagine the infrastructure that, that like, CSGO yeah. needs just to maintain. Like, that's insane, yeah. right? Like- if, so, if you compare, I'm just looking now, Xbox Live has about 100 million active monthly users. They don't say players, but monthly users. How much? Um, did you say 100? Did you say a million 100 or 100? Million. 100 million. 100 million. And they've got wow. um, 18 million subscribers to Game Pass. Yeah, that's wow. pretty crazy. Wow. That's active high. users, yeah. you don't know what that means. Like, they're, they're not going to probably dig deeper into that. Well, if you, if you log, if you have Xbox, if you've got Windows 10 and you turn on your computer, You've logged into Xbox Live. True, well, but Xbox Live specifically yeah. means they're probably like using the online services. Mm. But that would be 360. I mean, as, as PC is, right? As Steam, it's like it's not platform specific or anything. So 
it's kind of whatever. And Xbox Live would probably be 360, Xbox One. I don't know if anyone uses 360 anymore, but Xbox One and um, Xbox Series X, Series S, and PC as well now. So mm. now, but it's. Uh, I feel like it's it's if it's not now, then it's going to be a a hardware battle rather than as in a hardware. Uh, no, wait. What am I trying to say? Basically, because all these all the games that are coming out now are pretty if they come out on all the platforms they're pretty much platform agnostic right like mm. you can because of cross play so uh like i developer pre- based yeah, yeah like i only used i only use uh xbox live basically like i rarely buy games on steam now because you know there's a ton of games out there to play so mm. I, i'd have to keep mm. paying for more games i still do it but um i mainly use xbox live and i use cross play you know you can play I can be playing a PC game with someone on a Switch, you know? So it's going to be what service just provides the best experience. Um, Steam, I guess, has the the library. That's what mm. trumps all of the other platforms. It has the library of, um, of games where, you know, Game Pass is great, but it's a very limited library. Mm. I think same as the Epic Store, I think, to an extent. I think it's got way more than... Well, it definitely does have way more than Xbox, but Steam would. It's also so easy to make to put a game on Steam, as mm. opposed to mm-hmm. get it licensed to go on um, Epic or uh, Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, and those big games, you know, like like the top ones in that Steam list, like CS:GO and Dota Two and PUBG, mm. like those games have huge, huge player bases. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and even even I'm looking at another article which is similar, and Steam has around 120 million active like active players. So that's probably probably the statistic to compare against that 100 million on Xbox. So um, roughly a fifth that means would use it at the same time because so if we yeah. rounded up to 30 million and you said 120 million, 100 million Xbox monthly active, and then Steam no. 120, 120. So one in five people were using it at the same time. That's ridiculous. Mm. Like concurrently, wow. that's, that's that many people logged. Imagine putting that many people in a, you couldn't. Yeah. In a, yeah. In a country, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Just, just as a point of comparison, I was interested uh, how many itch.io gets being probably one of the leading indie game places. Um, according to this website, similarweb.com, they get around 24 million visits a month. Mm. So I don't know if that's individual users or total visits, but pretty crazy. Yeah. What yeah. PlayStation has? 100, oh, 102 million active monthly users. <laughs> no, just 102. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. I just log on 102 times. <laughs> that's just me forgetting my password three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, right. that's insane. Yeah, but it's interesting hearing it's- it. It's interesting hearing everyone like Susanna. You're you don't even go like you don't go on Steam because you go on Epic, and then Alex doesn't go on Steam because he goes on Xbox. Mm. And these are all on PC. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like PC. But even then, like like I mostly use PlayStation now. And like, but when I was younger, like when I was a teenager, I mostly was a PC gamer. Mm-hmm. So and then then like I switched to console. So I, I don't know if there's like that shift too. Like, is it a demographic thing? Like. Mm. Do mm. younger people play PC games? I don't know. Like, and yeah. yeah. And what does it mean about. for developers who are trying to distribute their games? Like, where do they distribute? You know what I mean? Like, do they go initially mm. to uh, Steam or do they go to Epic Games or do they go to Xbox? You know, 
it's it's kind of getting i think it's getting a bit difficult now to know how and where to distribute your games like it's no longer just you're on computer you release on steam it's now this real segmented um yeah segmented uh, solution to to publishing a game on on computer yeah and it's hard to find that info out there cuz it's locked down on like ndas on how mm. xbox uh, game pass yeah. you know actually gets their games on there i imagine epic's the same it's all locked down with ndas and it's like what deal is better for you as a developer like what gives you more audience and then also like i'm guessing again we don't know but xbox and um apple i know from you know you just hear rumors that they pay their developers to like publish on their platform so mm. you don't know any of this information until you really start talking to these uh, companies yeah yeah, there'd be like some kind of probably like licensing deal or something like that. Should be some transparency around that. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's actually a very good point. I mean, it's becoming a, I mean, not becoming, it is a contender. Like all those numbers you listed, put them around to like 100 million for those top players mm. of like around 100 million a month. So they're all pretty much neck and neck with each other competing. Yeah, where is that transparency for the developer? Be interesting to see what crossover there is. And obviously, that's like a very difficult thing to track. But what hundred million are the same on the other hundred million, and, mm. and vice versa. Yeah, what games go across? Yeah, mm. I guess that's the strength of the metaverse. Is uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly where you've been. Stop trying to shove it down our throat. Funge my tool. We're sponsored by Baidu now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baidu. But yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, John. With our last story. Yeah. Um, I thought I would bring a fun one this week that I found. Um, this is actually a story from last year. but um, And I'll just quickly send you guys the link in the chat because so, it's worth taking a look at this. And for our listeners, the link will be in the description of where you're listening to it. Um, but a determined hacker has brought Google Maps to the NES. Uh, just some info for, about it. Um, so back in 2012, Google announced that they were actually going to make an NES version of Google Maps. Uh, but then on April 1st of that year, they announced that it was just an April Fool's joke. Uh, so, yeah, it, I know, right? Disappointing. Um, but there's this YouTuber, uh, CC++, who was at first disappointed by this and then later inspired by this. Uh, and he's now created a working 8-bit version of Google Maps that runs from an NES cartridge. Ed, <laughs> uh, just to give credit where it's due, um, two of the biggest influences for him. One came from uh, a user called The Rusteri, uh, who created a guide for making your own NES cartridge. Um, and there'll be links to all this through that original article that we link to. Um, second piece of work was by uh, Alistair Aitchison uh, who made I, th I think it was an emulated version that turns Bing Maps aerial view um, into a world map but using Legend of Zelda 1 mm. uh, tile sheets so I don't know, go take a look at that it's, it's really cool so um, just a few notes on it um, I, I watched the video and tried to get my head around what he was doing he does use a Raspberry Pi somewhere in there, which is, I don't know if you've seen them, they're a little kind of credit card-sized computer that you can run Linux on. He's kind of created a modified NES that uses that to kind of boost its graphical capabilities. And I've seen that other people have used that same thing to run Doom on NES. Um, 
but yeah, so if you guys uh, take a look at the article and you should be able to see some pictures of it, uh, it's very cool because he's running it on an NES from a cartridge. He can zoom in and out out of different countries and it actually has their names written there in the old 8-bit graphical style. Um, and so you can literally, yeah, just look through the world. It's really cute. <laughs> is it connected to the... Is, is the Raspberry Pi, is it also used to connect to the internet to download the data or is it yeah, all saved onto the cartridge? Surely I that'd be doubt it would be saved onto I, the cartridge. Yeah. I, think, I, I'm, I think there would be an internet connection there. There's um, actually, it's like pretty complex. Um, it seems like they've, they, have a, they have a Raspberry Pi hooked up to, a, uh, to like a dummy cartridge and then connects into the nes and then somehow i think that raspberry pi connects to like a tile server which right. runs on your computer and sends you the data it's insane oh so it's the processing's ridiculous. not actually happening yeah. on the nes it's happening off on a server but then uh, it gets sent to the nes and then kind of but still they have like a, a game that runs over a network i'm 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 assuming and like, like sorry 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 on the NES, that's crazy. At like three minutes fifty, he shows it. It it like overlays a grid over the top. It basically does like a Photoshop mosaic. So he'll have the live feed of Google Maps going. Oh, sorry, what did you said Bing or no, no? Google Maps is in description, and then that's generated into a color set. And then I'm guessing then that color set is converted into this yeah. color represents tree. This color represents sand. If you go to the five minute. 10 second mark that's the hardware that's in the nes it's actually like a yeah cartridge but then the cartridge connects to these two other boards and one of the boards is a raspberry pi which i assume it would like read off of yeah sure pretty insane i I just found this other article because you're asking about the networking apparently the original nes shipped with an expansion port on the bottom and on mm. multiple occasions, modems were planned to be connected there, mm. but um, it never actually received a commercial application. Oh, uh, well. So, so they were looking at networking from the beginning. There was, yeah, there was a lot. I've, I've, I love that whole era because there was a lot of push to try to get networking on on those old consoles. I think the mm. one that really did it initially was um, the Sega Mega Drive or the Genesis. They actually had cable TV where you could run like <laughs> far out. Um, <laughs> you could you could actually download games off of your cable network onto your genesis and play directly and they had this whole thing planned we we spoke to tom kalinsky alex on our other podcast um if and he spoke a little bit about that actually as a as a thing that they were doing in the 90s so yeah a lot of push for that back then but yeah, this but is. Haven't you insane. seen that movie War Games? It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> if we connect, yeah. <laughs> we'll like destroy the world or whatever. Yeah. Is that is that the one where the guy's wearing the Nintendo Power Glove? No, that's uh, the Wizard. That's the Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Costa just knew it. Oh, I love yeah. that movie. Cut. Costa, yeah. the go-to guy for retro yeah. games. <laughs> um, this is like the, the what you're talking about, the peripherals and stuff, and using the internet for everything, isn't that? Like a metaverse thing, like you know, like now, in- Internet of Things. Yeah, like well, yeah, well like yeah, it is. back it's an then, thing. they were just using internet for everything. They're like, we're going to yeah. use internet in the consoles to watch TV and stuff like that. And now we're like, that's stupid, and that's what metaverse <laughs> and all this stuff is doing now. What yeah, do you mean okay, that's stupid? We're doing it. No, 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 we're doing it now. But, but exactly, exactly, that's the thing. We're doing oh, okay. it now because it's we have like, the technology to catch up to it. Sense. Yeah. yeah, but back I then. You, you're like you're gonna watch TV over an internet connection. There's there's also a lot that 
I, a lot of ideas that would have been planned back then that you look back in hindsight and go, yeah, that was a dumb idea. And there's probably more of yeah. those that you don't hear about than the ones that we do hear about. So Yeah, yeah totally, yeah. totally. This, I'm um, so glad the power glove took off because everyone's using them now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go, the power glove. I mean, that was, you could say that's a precursor to like the Wii or like some sort of motion-based controller. But Oh, my God. Well, Find someone you, like VR seen... controllers? Like Yeah, yeah VR controllers. Yeah, yeah. The, people wearing gloves now for VR. For sure. I, have you guys seen the Nintendo Virtual Boy? Which yeah. Is, uh, back in 95. That was, that was so this is the precursor <laughs> to the VR headset, which it, it was on a stand that would sit on the table and you'd look through the goggles, except they only had the technology to make the screen like this really dark red color or something like that, mm. I think. And it ended up making heaps of people really sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that red is not, it's not ideal. They missed out by not having Paul Rudd in the commercial. <laughs> like the what did he do it for the NES or no it was the SNES he was like in a the commercial was him in a um a drive-ins and he's just got a NES connected to the drive-in screen <laughs> and he's just like blown away by how amazing the game is um looking at the uh the google maps on the NES the first image that pops up right the gif shows like straight away the limitation of the of like you have to use google like the disconnect straight away of you have to use google maps with the directional pad Mm. like it's not like um, yeah. okay, i'm gonna so click you, and drag you, to go from japan over true to, like true I, you don't you don't use it while you're driving you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't you don't get siri telling you where to go exactly yeah, japan's just represented <laughs> by a giant just but a tree alex you can find your house in eight bit <laughs> in fact i've already found your house oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna take no, a wild guess it's represented by a tree <laughs> probably <laughs> Is that because you got lots of nature around your house, or you know, what? I think I do actually. I have a that's big good. lemon tree that knocks my window every morning. <laughs> no, that's the creepy monster out there. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the black mold. The, the bl it's actually me. <laughs> the black mold that Alex found the other day that I've been breathing in. Oh my god! It's me, but I'm covered in black mold, yeah. just like tapping at your window. I can either. Work, go, go to the office and risk COVID or I can stay home and risk black mold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're very cool. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's leave that there. Um, w w any community poll for this week? I have one if you guys don't have one. Yeah, what's your idea? Oh, I feel bad though, if, unless you guys have one. Do you have one? Oh, well, I was just going to say, I, I like the motivation talk. Yeah, so if that's what I was going to say. Ideas about also, uh, mm. sharing their motivation tips. It'd be, yeah. It'd be good to get them from a lot of different people because mm. like we were saying, a lot of people have different success with different techniques. So. Exactly. What are, your, them. what are your tips? Yeah, what works for you. Exactly. And um, if you have a mantra that gets you through something, you know, just show up, this too shall pass. Um, another good friend of mine has, am I doing something about it? If so, don't stress. Like just little things that help you keep going. This makes me feel like I need to have a motto. <laughs> have a, a mantra. A, a mantra. Everyone's everyone's got one. Uh, you <laughs> seem like the kind of person who would. No, I don't. How? It could be Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Ah. You know what? That's, what does that that's mean? it from now on. <laughs> it means no worries. Or, the, uh, oh. or like, what's the motto? I don't know. What's the motto with you? <laughs> Do that one. <laughs> I said Dasana squash banana. <laughs> See, it's always a good day when we have Lion King quotes. Yeah. It's one of the very few Disney movies I've actually seen. 
Oh man. Okay, that is a whole other discussion, but that we're gonna is, have to leave yeah. that for another episode. We're gonna leave that for another hour. All right, mm. let's leave it there, guys. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining us again, Costa, Alex, Susanna, and Amelia, wherever she is now, back in the green room. <laughs> she's in the metaverse. Yeah, she's in the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye, See John. You. Cafe Bullions is hosted in Adelaide, South Australia. If you know of anything happening or would like to reach out to us or have a chat, you can find us on Twitter at LiveBullions or by emailing us at hello at LiveBullions.com.